This week on Shipwreck Documentaries, we have gained exclusive audio of the conversation that transpired before one of the biggest mysteries in shipwreck history. Now, after 60 years, we may have some insight into the last voyage of the SS Minnow. Here is the conversation that transpired before that tragic voyage. Looks like we're almost ready to set sail. Why don't you read the manifesto for me, little buddy? Sure thing, boss. Well, there's me, of course, and you, Captain Jonas Grumby. <laughs> Can't man the ship without Gilligan and the skipper, too. Then there's Thurston Howe and Eunice Howe. Yes, the millionaire and his wife. Oh, Ginger Grant is here. She's gorgeous. Of course, the movie star. And last, we have Professor Roy Hinckley and Mary Ann Summers. The Professor and Mary Ann. That sounds like everyone. Let's set sail. Wait! Hang on, Skipper! Hey! You! With the red hair! You don't seem to be on our list! Oh, uh, how long did you say this boat ride was? Well, it's just a three-hour tour of the islands here in Honolulu. Oh, just three hours. I'm sure I'll be fun on this ship for once. Um, the name is Adol Kristen. I'm, I'm an adventurer. Welcome aboard, Adol. The more the merrier. Now let's set off. Adventure? Gee, that sounds like a fun job. I wish I could go on adventure. Oh, well. Weighing anchor. Let's kick off this three-hour tour. Nothing can possibly go wrong today. Hey, baby, here's the game to call in. Backlogs growing at a long Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. Ha 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 ha. But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. He's playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Hello and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, Q&A Quest, your weekly feedback show, and we are your bi-weekly nostalgia show. I am your host, Kelly Ryan, and right next to me, the dogie to my Adol, my podcast partner in crime, Mr. Matt Mason. Oh, I'm glad I didn't get introduced as uh, Sahad here, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the roundtable question that we got coming up, well, funniest I, moments. So it, fig- it could be, it could be, it could go either way. I figured that you would crash through a wall at some point. I mean, that might happen. Like, just got the whole uh, Kool Aid shirt on and right through it. Though I don't, Josh, does he crash through a wall in this game? I don't remember. No, no. Okay. No wall crashing. Uh, the, the couple times I was clearing obstacles, I was waiting for that to happen from what I've heard of the series, but uh, no. Um, that voice you heard was Josh Carpenter. We've also got Robert Albright, the master fencer extraordinaire, and, and Michael Wheels Apps. It's been zero days since Adol was last in a shipwreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Josh and I were counting before the show, and we think he's only been about been in about half of the shipwrecks that are games out now. It's hmm. it's in that ballpark. I think we figured it's about half of the games he's in a shipwreck. Yeah. And, and, and the next game, he's in a boat. He's piloting a boat, so you know he's gonna wreck. That's it. not gonna end well. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna end well. But we we've got the game that's pretty much like shipwreck the game. Uh, Ease eight, the lacrimosa of Donna. 
Um, and, and yeah, they must have took that joke and ran with it because this game is about him being stranded on a desert island with a whole bunch of other castaways. And of course, how do you get to a desert island? You crash on it. <laughs> wow. Is, is it a crash you're, you're looking when for somebody deserted grabs in a desert? <laughs> Um, well, they, they get attacked by a monster. I know that. I mean, it's still a shipwreck. No, because the, the ship, ship does get wrecked. wrecked. You're right. The ship is wrecked. No question of that. It just happens to be wrecked by a monster instead of a storm this time yeah. around. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't know if you got to blame anybody on that one. But but yeah, one of the first fully 3D uh, East games. Um, because because technically seven, it, it was 3D, but it was a fixed camera. Well, that that was still where they were they were stuck on PSP then. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess the first mainline East game in a while on a console since PS2. Yeah. Yep. So um, we are going to take a brief musical interlude with some beautiful ease music that's what i love about the series is the music and then we're just gonna dive right in so stick around we will be right back Welcome back, where we're wasting no time diving into this big hole that is Ease 8. Um, see what I did there? I well heard done. it. Well Nobody's done. laughing, which means I, I, I did good. Um, <laughs> originally came out for the Vita in Japan on July 21st, 2016, and then later they did a PS4 port. We got both the PS4 and Vita versions on September 12th, 2017. Um, interesting fact, this was the first one to be published by NIS, and that's a very interesting story that I got from uh Anna, who's a kind of an industry insider, and basically the CEOs of NIS and Falcom were in a bar and getting drunk together and just kind of made an agreement <laughs> uh, because NISA promised a fast, faster localization and all that. And I think what she said was that Exceed was getting ready to show show it at a show. I want to say Tokyo Game Show. And then uh, uh, I think it was E3. I think they oh, even had a demo like ready to go for E3, like a, yeah. a section of the game translated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. And then um, Nisa pretty much pulled a Nintendo PlayStation thing where they just announced it. And yeah, did, did Exceed Dirty p- really piss them off? Um, and I, I don't blame them. And the the icing on the cake was that the localization wasn't that good because they rushed it. <laughs> it. It had some notable issues, of course, like Big Hole being the one the, the probably the, the most notable one and the one that that just is so baffling. Well, it, the, the, the problem 
part part of what made Big Hole so baffling is that originally in the Japanese version of the game, <laughs> the location, the Akiyazoka uh, crevasse, is like perfectly in English, and then they you know <laughs> bastardized it in the localization. But that that that's kind of stuff happens in localization where you know like the localizers are sitting there staring at an Excel spreadsheet. You know, mm-hmm. and totally lacking in context. Yep. Um, gosh, gosh, I had a point point to make there. It, it was funny, kind of looking into some of the line, looking into a bit of dialogue I was trying to find for something later, and just seeing the Reddit threads bitching about the localization, and talking to Josh about. It, and it's like, well, it wasn't that bad, but you know how the internet has to make a big deal out of everything. <laughs> well, they uh, kind of dug their own grave with with the whole way they sold it of like, oh, we're going to be bigger, better and faster and, you know, all than exceed. And then, you know, of course, the very first thing they did is kind of fall, fall flat on their face. But they, they've improved quite a bit since then. Yeah. So, um, see, we get the PlayStation and Vita versions in September. And then I think that the next spring was when they put out the Switch version and then had to delay the PC version because the Switch port was just awful. Uh, the PC version had like huge problems as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it got delayed significantly. Mm-hmm. And and then later it came out on uh, interestingly the Stadia and the Amazon Luna um, <laughs> Stadia just just shut down oh, this God. week. Yep. And uh, and then they, they they put it on PS5 as recently as a week ago. I want to say it is very recent. Yeah, yeah, because I still have a shrink wrapped special edition sitting next to me. Oh, I I regret. I, I have getting, the uh, Steam version. I regret not getting the special edition of, of any version. Awesome, they're all um, awesome. I I had it pre ordered, and there was a bunch of stuff that was having a special editions that month, and I kind of had to make decisions and thought well as much as i want it i need to cut something uh, so I, I cut that one and i still regret got, it like but... adel's actual journal in it it's so cool <laughs> i mean it also came in memories of salsetta too yeah but um yeah like i said the first one to come out in fully 3d um the first time falcom worked on a ps4 game which is interesting and yeah, and they they made this game look good. It's a gorgeous game. Yeah, yeah. This is where they were like starting to kind of like transition away from PSP and moving into slightly more modern, kind of dipping their toe in with Vita, and then you know moving over to PS4. Mm-hmm. Now, which version did it? You guys all play PS4. I did PS4. I started Vita. on Vita and eventually started over on Switch and finished it there. Okay. PC and Matt's playing the Vita version right now. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, now, caveat to me playing PC, I play PC version very late. Right. Now, um, Vita people, how did that run? It's fine. I mean, it won't, pretty yeah, smooth. I've got five, yeah. six hours in. I haven't noticed a single problem. Okay. Have they, have they ha- did they have cross a save at all? No. 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 Oh, okay. Which sucks. That, that <laughs> That actually doesn't surprise me because no. I think the Vita was starting to kind of hit its death throes at that point. It wasn't quite dead yet, but it was starting to get there. Um, and, and there were like some minor differences between the games. The PS4 had what, like a couple extra dungeons, and there there were a couple of differences that may have like also run into problems because the the PS4 version came out what like a year later in Japan. 
Yeah. So they they often will do that as like, oh, we'll add some more dungeons or, you know, something to try and get entice people to rebuy the game. If I remember correctly, didn't they also do the um the defense battles in the PS4 version? Were they yeah. in the were they in the Vita version too? I thought I thought I heard they were only in the PS4 version. They were in the Vita version as well, but there was something I, I can't remember now what the difference was. So there was a an additional part part to them in the PS4 version, right? Yeah. I'm asking the people who actually played the Vita version. I don't <laughs> remember the Vita version to be honest, other than I, I've not got to a well. point where I've not got to a point where they say that, but they talk about fortifying that base all the time against monster attacks. Mm. Like w- without even knowing that I'm like I feel like something's going to happen at some point, so I don't know. Yeah, the that's going to get on your nerves at some point if it's as prominent as in the um PS4 version because you'll be out adventuring and they'll be like, well, the base is having a monster attack. So you've got to drop whatever you're doing and go back to the base and defend from the monster attack. Well, well, well I'm having Etrian Odyssey. Not Etrian Odyssey. What was, uh, yeah, no, Etrian Odyssey Mystery Dungeon flashbacks. <laughs> God damn that game and those having to run back to town. But uh, t- talking about the game, pl- the gameplay system, it-, it uses the same gameplay system as Seven and Salsetta. So you're controlling three characters, and all of the different enemies have different weaknesses to stabbing mm-hmm. or what is it, slashing, piercing, or smashing damage, and you've got to arrange your party party as such. Well, this is making me more likely to play Seven and uh, Salsetta now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, side tangent, Salsetta is my favorite game in the series. Um, I'll, I'll go into that later. Yeah, but, um, you've got that, you've got your course running around and gathering materials and you can make stuff with the materials. Um, because of the story where you're on a desert island, one of your tasks is to find all of the refugees. And each refugee has like a different part of the journal and to get 100% completion, you've got to talk to all the refugees at certain times and make sure that you get the journal finished yeah yeah so that's how the like the game kind of like plays out like you're you go you explore some of the island you find one of the castaways and you bring them back to the village and then you go out and do more you know like it's over and over and over again like gives you that incentive to keep going and exploring the island yep Mm -hmm. the other caveat with the kind of the story and the gameplay is that Adol keeps having dreams of a woman named Donna who lived on the island in the past and you go and do a bunch of dungeons with her and I just now remembered that she, she her gimmick was that she could turn into different elemental things mm-hmm. and the different elementals uh, corresponded to one of the three types of attack either piercing slashing or smashing yeah so, so she didn't have a party that's how she kind of dealt with stuff um, but but the the neat thing is that because her stuff is in the past, she will do things that will affect the future, like planting a tree that becomes a tree that you climb to get up to another area. Mm. And, and you kind of have a little bit of a back and forth thing where you're finding out the stuff about the past and, go, and going to the present, finding out the stuff about that. And eventually it all ties together. And I wrote down the whole plot, not realizing that Matt is currently playing this, so I don't want to spoil it. Oh, don't it. worry. No, no, no. Spoil away. Listen, okay. I, in, in a few weeks when I come back to it, I'll like vaguely remember some of this stuff. Okay. <laughs> so basically what's going on with Donna is that um, back in her time, several meteors crashed into the Earth and set forth an event called the Lacrimosa, which is an extinction event. 
And I, I guess the Lacrimosa chooses one human to be the, what did I put it down, the Warden of Evolution? to uh, Or one, a, one of the highest um, evolutionary people of that time frame. They yeah. weren't always humans. And she, she somehow manages to, to sleep to the next Lacrimosa, which is about to happen on the island. And she, she joins your party and I think becomes the second slashing person. And um, eventually you kind of go up and you beat the final boss and she ends up dying, but then becomes the goddess of evolution to help prevent the lacrimosa. She's in charge of when the lacrimosa has to happen. No, you, you were right. She becomes the goddess of evolution. Yeah. So um, that, 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 is, that is the story in a nutshell. Um, there's, there's a whole lot more to it than that, but that, that's basically what's explaining what's going on. And, and of course, like Gilligan's Island, they're trying to get off the island. Huzzah! <laughs> Building a ship so they can get out of there. Yeah, but the focus on exploration in this game, I feel like, I mean, even though Salsetta is my favorite, I think it does a better job of it than Salsetta because there is just so the the area that you go through is huge. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, you're you're going to be trying to un- unlock that map for a while, and they throw the caveat of like certain areas are different between night and day, and with different Ooh. monsters too. Yep, and with different monsters and different side quests you have to go do, and. My God, I just, you know, I, I always thought of the East as just kind of this little bitty series that was a nice Zelda clone, and they outdid themselves making this game enormous. Yeah, although the, the defense battles were annoying as all hell. <laughs> Those could uh, be. Yeah, they, they could be. Like, like a, I think me and Kelly were talking about before the podcast, like my, my issue with them was just like they weren't. They were styled as being optional, but they kind of weren't optional. And they also just mm-hmm. interfered with the the flow of gameplay. You know, you would just be out exploring and they would start pestering you like, hey, you have to come back and fight one of these battles right now. And it's like, I don't want to. I'm, I'm busy exploring. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> interrupt and come back and fight this little battle. I think it was kind of handled better in Monstrum Knox, where they still have basically the same mechanic, but it's not quite as intrusive. Yeah, it's, it's going to, gosh, it's going to be hard to not talk about Monstrum Knox because we're going to have to do that one later. Because <laughs> um, you're right, I thought that uh, Monstrum Knox even... T- took that uh, exploration and cranked it up to 11. A, a totally different type of exploration. You know, this yeah. one's more of a open air, you know, a little bit more open and, you know, like much more nature focused and then Monstrum Knox mm-hmm. is more of a city urban environment. Yep. Totally different for the series. But, um, there's there's a couple of inside dungeons. I I remember one of them and Dana's side of the story really getting on my nerves because it was like this giant block of cubes that you had to figure out how to get through. <laughs> and I was stuck on that for like an hour because I just could not figure out the life for the life of me where I needed to go or what cubes I needed to push out. I'm not sure if you guys remember remember that bit or not. No. Oh. oh. I saw it. I probably would. Yeah. I, I, my, I had issues with Donna's where she had to light the cubes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her, her dungeons were a little bit confusing, particularly because hers were more puzzle-focused than Adol's. Um, I think I think they made her more puzzle-focused puzzle, puzzle focused because of the fact she was the one who could do all three, so they made her the, uh, most of her dungeons, like, incorporate that aspect. Yeah. Um, 
as for the rest of the characters, you've got Laxia, who was the noblewoman um, who knows about the wildlife and creatures. She is your first piercing character with a rapier. Um, you've got Sahad, the fisherman. Um, he's basically the dogie of this game. Do- dogie does show up later. Um, a lighthearted, kind-hearted, and he has an anchor, and he's your first smasher. He doesn't just have an anchor. That anchor is like this, as big as him. It's gigantic. Yeah, it is awesome. it's like a sawed-off, like part of it's missing. And is there any reason why they keep doing Dogi villains instead of just making him the playable character? I I don't know. <laughs> maybe to get maybe because everyone expects Dogi. Yeah, because he's they, awesome. <laughs> have they built up Dogi too much? They're just like, oh, if you although, could bash through walls constantly, you know, like it would ruin the, the game. replacement. The replacement for Dogi in nine was at least a little different. Yeah. Oh, her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later. Um, you've got Hummel. The he's is a transporter, and he's trying to find something on the island, but won't diverge the details as to what. Um, I, yeah, he's your second piercing character because he uses a gun, and I love how snazzy he dresses. He's pretty cool. Um, I did, I did not like him as a character because I found him too hard to control. So I weird. ended up controlling him a lot, uh, just because it was kind of nice to have. Um, Oh, Adolinsa had uh, kind of tank things, and me just take pot shots from the back with him. Um, there's also Ricotta, who is your local island native, and she is your second smasher. And um, spoiler alert: Data Donna eventually joins your party, and she's your second slasher. We already gave that spoiler. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a foregone conclusion because at some point you, you know, pretty much every one of these games that have the triangle system have at least two characters that can do any sort of ta, any sort of the type of damage. Yeah. And you get halfway through the game and realize that she's the only other one they show that has slashing damage, even in the flashbacks. So, um, and I also, I apologize if anybody's screaming at their uh, Bluetooth speaker right now saying it's Donna, not Dana. I'm going to do that the whole night. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I read it as Dana. I see it as Dana. See, for me, Dana, you, I've seen it pronounced both Donna and Dana. And I've also seen Dana spelled with an I. So, I, I you know what? I, I don't know anymore. I just, I I've, I've known too many Danas in my life that that's just what I'm used to. So, just a heads up. And, yeah. Um, now, help refresh my memory Did you get any traversal skills in this game, like being able to climb or glide? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they were um, accessories that you had to sort of switch around with. Yeah, which I thought was kind of lame they did it that way. It seemed seemed like an unnecessary annoyance. Like you have to equip certain accessories to have certain abilities on. I think they should have just been like passively on whenever you unlock them baseline yeah um because i think i think in monster Knox they were baseline yes I say. oh they were okay yes. good um oh and the other thing that i love about this game and i i love the if it I love when this is in any game is when you're collecting characters that create sort of a base building element because, you know, you find certain castaways and certain things unlocked like the tailor shop or the blacksmith or that kind of thing. A baby. Uh, yeah, a baby. A, a shoe bill. <laughs> you, you get a shoe bill and a parrot for some reason. 
<laughs> we, we always love when there's a Suikoden element in the game, don't we? Yeah, mainly because we've been so starved for Suikoden, Suikoden that will take you anything Soon. that's just like Soon. it. Soon. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just think that's always such a cool progression element that you know even just simpler things like soul blazer or anything like that it makes it makes it feels like your exploration and stuff is actually accomplishing something other than just getting you new gears and levels and stuff yeah i think for me it helps me care about npcs a lot more yeah you know adding them to my base kind of unlocks something um, I'm, I'm playing Fire Emblem Engage right now, and that's kind of had a little bit of it where certain NPCs are unlocking, but it's not the same as this. Um, th- this pretty much every chapter in the game it, that unlocks a different area of the map, you've got to hunt down several NPCs, no matter what. Um, and it's almost kind of like the, the memories thing a little bit in Salsetta. Mm-hmm. And bo- boy, talking about the areas... Um, I had a list of them, and they I closed it by accident. <laughs> the The island had just the you know like as you would expect in a video game, like an in, incredible variety of different locales to it. I mean, you know, mm. like you had jungle, you had ice, you had a you know like everything, and yeah. and of course like the enemies themselves are all we we didn't really mention that like all the enemies are kind of like based off of I forget what they called them but essentially they were dinosaurs yeah that primordials mm-hmm. primordials ah that's the word yeah cuz you know this is kind of an ancient island that's that had an ancient civilization that was supposedly very very advanced um well it's and, the uh, island of Sayrain, so it, like it's it's always been told the story of you know like ships get pulled there and then they never come you know like never come back and now, no, now you're finding out why now see if you were at all and you heard that about this place and you have been in many shipwrecks why on earth would you go anywhere near there <laughs> <laughs> he was all for it too he's like oh man it's the middle of the night i want to get up there and see that it's at all man Cap- <laughs> captain captain let's he, see he man. likes he likes to see stuff. What can you say? The man's got some curiosity. He is an adventurer. <laughs> and I mean, he likes to remind you. And, and I mean, who wouldn't want to go to an island with dinosaurs? Of course, I did watch Jurassic Park Lost yeah. World, so maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, isn't every Jurassic Park an island with dinosaurs? Yeah, that's I'm true. Not the new ones, but you know. <laughs> but um, but, but yeah, the character models being dinosaurs, you, you get some pretty huge enemies um so some of them even running around as regular enemies in the game and (laughs) it's always fun getting your ass smashed trying to figure out which of the three things you need to be using oh yeah that first boss i was like what the hell is going on like i was not ready for that like that size and i I, i'm still getting used to the control scheme so i'm like trying to switch people and like no that's not the right button (laughs) (laughs) i I mean the, the that's what always shines in an ease game and kind of what separates it is just the combat itself is always the strength of it. It's always frenetic and fast paced, mm-hmm. but there's always so. So it's like a different feel than like an action RPG of, well, I'll, I'll say souls, which can tend to be a little bit more thoughtful and deliberate ease. It's going to be much more fast and frenetic, but there's still strategy. You're still going to have to like follow along and pay attention 
to the bot to the bosses especially you know like are you going to have to pay attention to the patterns that they're going to use in order to kind of get past them and that's been a staple of the series throughout the entire thing. Um, I know Ease 1 and 2 had some boss fights that were not only difficult, but you really had to pay, pay attention to their patterns, too. And yeah, back then, I mean, there were huge screen-filling bosses. And they haven't forgotten that legacy because these bosses are even bigger in 3D. Oh, totally. And then, of <laughs> course, and of course, the music, like, always... The music is always one of the great things about Falcom games, and then when you, whenever you get into one of the boss battles in this one, you know they really rip into the guitar and it starts picking up, and you're just like you get so excited about one anytime you get yeah. to face one of the bosses. This is not a game you should be playing on mute. No. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> I I tried it when I was playing East Portably for Salsada and um, oh wait no I played this one on PS4 never mind but yeah these games were always cranked up and never played with stuff in the background because I've got to hear all those awesome tunes um, has it been the same composer the whole run oh, that no. is very difficult to to find out exactly who does what because they tend to credit everything as uh, yeah. sound team JDK and it's hard okay. to like who's doing what and that different people come and go out of that but right because i because i know yuzo kashiro did a lot of the earlier games and then i think he I, just uh, did one and two i'm not oh, sure he if he was yeah i don't think he was on three okay but but yeah th that's what I, I this soundtrack is just well falcom soundtracks Amazing. are always good no matter yeah. what um just have they, they know exactly what music to put in what uh scenario just very upbeat um and the battle music just always being rocking. Mm -hmm. um, with some of these newer Ease games, I one of my favorite addictions is getting new skills to use. Um, because it has that thing where if you use the skill enough, you get, you level it up and um, unlock new skills that way. And I get obsessed with uh, maxing out as many of them as I can. Uh, so, so, you know, I'll, I'll be playing one character and then max out their skill and then rotate to a second one and so on. And then get frustrated when I'm in an area that has one, nothing but one of particular type of an enemy. And it's like, no, but I've already maxed out their stuff. I need to work on so-and-so. I, I also love some of the screen screen killing, sorry, screen clearing abilities that you get in these games, and then the uh, ultimates, which are perfect for just dealing massive damage to the bosses. I don't know if anybody else has uh, any more anything that they particularly like about the boss or the battle system. Uh, just everything. <laughs> uh, I think. Just since seven, I think they've done such a great job of like uh, expanding on kind of just the basic idea of like the earlier games, just kind of just, you know, idle and, you know, a few magic skills. And now there's just a lot more you can do. And they've kind of just built on it game over game. And I think it really, really hit a sweet spot with eight. And oh yeah, nine's even better. It's just um, it's just such a cool system. Like I, I think the way I've sometimes described it to people is it's like it's super fast-paced. Uh, Did they like just uh, recently change the um, name of their recording studio? Oh, for the uh, music? Yeah. That I'm not sure. But yeah, it did. I believe this battle system first showed up in 7, and they kind of refined it in uh, Salsetta. And then I feel like this in, in this game, 
they they repolished it to like Neil said, just polished it to shine. And I'm so happy that people got to experience it on a, a big console as opposed to the handhelds. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the ease was kind of regulated to handhelds for a little while. And don't get me wrong, I love my PSP, but not a lot of America did, unfortunately. P- P- no, no, I love the PSP, but it's not the easiest platform to play an action RPG on. No, no, no it is not. <laughs> Much easier if you've got actual, you know, sticks to play things with. Mm-hmm. Yep, that that is a fact. I my biggest issue with the PS with the PSP and specifically the Vita is sometimes playing older games and hitting the touchpad on the back. Oh, yeah. Annoying. Oh, yeah. I guess the, the, this would have had touch a little bit of touchscreen support, wouldn't it? Uh, you know what? I've, uh, with my finger on the left joystick sometimes, I've hit the screen on the bottom left corner, mm-hmm. and it's either moved dialogue along or something like, no, what, how did that happen? And I realize my thumb's touching the bottom left corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, son of a gun, because it, it leaves little it leaves little circled like dots where you touched. And I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. that's why that just moved on from what I was doing. Dang yeah. It. yeah. And it's funny because it drives me crazy when games don't have that where you can just tap on the screen to move along the dialogue. Because sometimes I've got the, my Vita in my left hand and I'm taking a drink or doing something else while reading the text. And I want to just be able to pop it ahead. Um, but but talking about this game being being on the PS4, it was so nice seeing the, the those big vistas on the big screen, and yeah. I'm I'm glad that they decided to bring this one to PS4 for that very reason. Yeah, that's that's kind of exactly why I uh, eventually ditched the Vita version for the Switch version too. It's like yeah, I can play this on a bigger portable screen, and I can you know plug it in and play it on the TV too. Mm-hmm. Now, I I didn't touch the Switch version because I heard that it didn't run as well. I had um, zero issues. Yeah, I didn't play the entire thing on Switch, but like the 10, 15 hours I played, it was the performance was, you know, still perfectly good. Okay. I've just I hear so many things about Falcom 3D Falcom games not working well on Switch. Uh, uh, they've been a mixed bag. <laughs> Uh, I mean, people complain about East 9. I haven't had any issues, so I, I don't know. I, I think the Ease games have done better than actually the Legend of Heroes games because they use different engines. Yeah. Uh, weird to make. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll, we'll get into that when we do Trails the third, or Cold, Cold Steel 3 later this year. Because um, I, I tried to switch to switch for that series, and that didn't work well. <laughs> Well, the 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 Ease games are done on like a custom engine that Falcom did themselves, and then the uh, the Legend of Heroes games run on a God, I forgot the name, Frysoft something. Like, it was actually like a Sony open source engine, and so like it doesn't always play well with other platforms. Ooh, which is interesting because you would think that it would be the other way around that the action game would be the one that runs like crap, and the uh the kind of turn-based RPG would be the one that functions fine. One would think, but that is definitely not the case. <laughs> so, some of it also is Falcom spent so long as a Sony uh, third-party um, you know, developer that they just started 
uh, programming everything to the PlayStation platform. And mm-hmm. so then when you go back and try and make the game work on even just PC, like it run, I, I, there have been a number of people who have wrote, written about that, who, that. Some of the localizers have written about that, like how difficult it is to go back and change all the stuff that's been very specifically done for uh, the, the, the PlayStation architecture and then having to try and get it to work even on even on something as open and easier to program for like a pc much less like switch so so you're the falcom expert um oh god i'm not the falcom. So, so, sort of <laughs> sort of you know more about them than i do um so th- those psp games they were they developed first on the psp or were uh, they developed on pc yes <laughs> yeah yeah it depends on yes. which ones we're talking about Seven was developed for uh, PSP originally. If you're going back to Oath and Velgana, those were PC games originally, and then okay. yeah, but PSP. yeah, but that Oath and Velgana port was actually done by Falcom. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually did that. Yeah. And same thing with the uh, what the heck is the name of what do they call that version of one and two on PSP? I forget. Oh, jeez. I think it's just these one and two. One and two complete or one and just yeah. Two. But that's also f- sucks. So, like, starting with seven, it was all them. Mm-hmm. That that was where they fi- finally decided to quit outsourcing oh, that stuff uh, and do more of yeah. it in internally. East one and two chronicles. Thank okay. you. And you said that that was the worst version of these one and two. No. no oh, wonderful. Okay, sorry, I misunderstood. I, I n- never mind. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I think I was thinking in the back of my mind the DS version of one and two, which I've heard isn't that great. It's weird, <laughs> especially okay. since you control with the stylus. You can use the D pad. You don't have to use the stylus, and uh, honestly, it's better that way. Gotcha. The, I, I do find it kind of fascinating that Falcom was very much a PC developer for the longest time in Japan and then they switched to the PS4 and started developing first there. Well, well, PSP first. um, Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Um, I think they're just following the nerds over there. (laughs) Well, they had no choice on PC. It wasn't like they wanted to give up on the PC. Their distributor in Japan quit, told them they weren't going to distribute PC games anymore, so they literally had no choice. And apparently they had, I forget if it was one of the, whether it was the CEO or someone had a contact at Sony, and Sony literally just sent them some dev units for the PSP or like, hey, we think your games would work well on our platform, and that's kind of how that started. Gotcha. Yeah, because the big thing, because PC for a long time in Japan was basically seen just for visual novels. Mm Mm-hmm. Or visual novel-style games. Um, whether or not they were appropriate games or not, that's a different story. But I've played many. I have seen things. And gosh, now there's so many JRPGs on Steam that a lot of, most of them, most of the really popular ones, at least, it's a surprise when they're not on there. Mm. Well, a lot of that, though, is not these companies doing it, but other third part, third companies doing it. Right. Like, honestly, the one I was most shocked that actually came out on Steam out of anything recently was Super Robot Wars 30. Um, the the real PC release that kind of shocked me the most was Dragon Quest. I, I wouldn't have expected a mainline Dragon Quest game to be uh, on PC in the United States. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. just, just uh, getting it on PS4 and Xbox is probably just trivial to port it to PC at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since most of the hardware is starting to be the same nowadays yeah. um for, for for good and for bad 
have, having to deal with day one patches and all that fun stuff. Um, I, I would be curious to try the PS5 one and see if that one was kind of upscaled or plays better or anything, or if it's just a straight Control-C, Control-V to PS5 disc. Yeah, I can't imagine it's that much better. I'll have to fire it up and let you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you, you did buy that one recently. I did, because I buy every Falcon game, <laughs> even if I don't, even if it's just going to be buried under a stack of Trails games. <laughs> that Neptunia. To... Yeah, that's the, we're not talking about Neptunia. <laughs> Yet. Um, so, yeah, just get, getting into pricing, I mean, the, the physical versions of all these games pretty much go for 40 bucks all across the board. Um, same for the digital versions. Um I, I see them go on sale a lot for as low. I've seen them as low as twenty or as low as thirty. And <laughs> that that collector's edition that came out recently is sold out on the Nisa store, but you can pick it up on eBay for a hundred and fifty bucks. Oof! Already, well, yeah, that's not that, that much more than retail. I don't think. Yeah, that's that's people flip. And uh, so I appreciate that it's accessible and uh, accessible, and I appreciate that uh, Falcom decided to put it on the uh, PS5 to give people kind of another chance to check it out yeah. if they didn't do the PS4 version. <coughs> so I, I don't know if anybody has anything else they want to add, or if we want to take a quick musical break and go to the roundtable. Well, I, I said unfortunately I, I did have one thing to add, but now I can't remember it because it was during the time frame that my mic had stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Nah, it, it, it had something to do with what was it? Cla uh, the smashing, piercing stuff? No, it was it was right before music. It was right. It was the conversation right before music, and yeah, no, it's gone. So no, no big deal. Um, Play this game. Oh, it, mm -hmm. that's what you should do, people. <laughs> yeah, you you can't go wrong with this on whatever game. platform it, you prefer. <laughs> It is a one of the most fun action games I've ever played. It's got it's got a cute little story. It's I, I like that the story is more straightforward this one and not crazy over the top because I will admit Monster Docs got a little bit like that where uh, Kelly crazy over the top. This one has a serial killer and a uh, pirate ghost ship. It's right. not over the top. <laughs> also, also, true. also you've. You've, the, the previous inhabitants of the world was a hyper-intelligent race of dinosaurs. <laughs> also, at the end of the game, the, a god remakes the world or something. I, I guess by over the top, what I meant was that I don't need to... <laughs> what, I, what I meant was I don't need to pull out a wiki article to when I finish the game to figure out what the heck was going oh, yeah, on. No. Uh, the, the, the story in these games is always like, you know, like... It's always entertaining enough, but the gameplay and the music is what I always come back to ease for. Yeah. It's like it's it's so good, it's so well refined, and th there's nothing else out on the market that's quite like ease. No, and that's a shame to be honest. I know more people should be copying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like the the market for action RPGs is always lots of like copy and paste and not a lot of variety. I wish someone would copy this. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, tr uh, Trials of Mana, the remake of that is kind of like an East game, and that was great. Yeah. More people should do that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I never even thought about that until you pointed it out. Just yeah, then. it's it really is like an East game, and you know that makes sense. 
Because if you, you you look at like seven and onwards, it's kind of kind of has some of that secret of mana DNA in it. See, did we even put Trials of Mana on our list this year? I don't think we did. I thought we did it last year. Not Trials of Mana, no. Um, we haven't really done a mana game in a while, and I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, Trials of Mana is the best game that they've released in the past 20 years in yeah. that series. Um, anyway, because I'm not a huge fan of the original Secret of Mana just because of how jank it plays. It's Yeah, it's jank. <laughs> and that was the problem with the remake of that. They went out of their way to keep the jank. Yeah, Ouch. some people are like, oh no, this is different, and then they actually went back and played it. It's like, no, no, it's it's they kept everything. So, so they kept the slowdown and ev- and all that other fun stuff in the remake. Yep. Uh, not so much the slowdown, but they kept yeah, like not... like the stun lock. Oh, yeah, just the way gosh. it plays, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, this made sense. It made sense in the 16-bit era. Mm-hmm. Does not make sense in the modern area to force someone to sit there and wait for your little percentage to go up to a hundred to attack. No one is going to get that. <laughs> Well, thankfully, Ease isn't like that. No. T- typically, whenever I would get my ass kicked in Ease, it was my own fault because I tried to brute force my way through a fight. No, and I, th- I feel like that's kind of the great thing about Ease, too, is like even with these these uh, more advanced games, like the base mechanics are pretty straightforward, and it's just a matter of you know learning learning enemy attacks, learning your attacks, but it's it's never it's never over overdoes anything i want to say mm-hmm. they're just pure good action rpgs and eight especially is uh definitely one of the best examples of that yep i i, f- I felt that eight was really the pinnacle of the series and then they released nine and it's like oh god it got even better um but we'll have to wait to talk about nine some other yeah. time um I, th- I think we're going to take a quick musical break and come back with the round table to get into our personal thoughts about the E's 8, so stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now going to get into the roundtable, our personal feelings about Ease 8, as if we didn't get personal enough in the last uh, set segment, um, all gushing about just how much we love the Ease series as a whole. I, I want to say they've never released a bad game, but then I did play 5, and while 5 wasn't terrible, it wasn't their greatest uh, achievement. But six was kind of eh too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I see. I played the PSP version of six, so that was my own fault. But who? Okay. Did you? Did any of you play the PC version? Because that's the only one they actually developed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're right. Um. Now, now five five is just a weird game, but I'm curious about the the 
PS2 version of five. It's just that one's never been translated. It's not uh, any better. I, I have a feeling that if we are going to get a remake, that five is next on the table because. Yeah, I think everyone thought that was going to happen after nine. But... Yeah. Maybe it's proving too hard for them to try and remake it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, or not too just... hard, but they're they're trying to take their time in remaking it because I mean. I think, wasn't there an official word from them saying that this one will be the hardest one for us to do? I'm I'm honestly not sure about that. I know 5 played very different from the other games. It, It focused more on magic than uh sword play and 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 their new engine that will be a very interesting thing they're either going to have to completely come up with something new or figure out how to uh stick that magic into the uh, tri person system that they have now Um, well we'll see the next game's only supposed to have two people so we'll see how that works oh the the ship the new ship one you're only two party members that's all they've shown is like at all and one other character huh well, that doesn't always mean anything. It's still kind of interesting, though. Um, as far as the round table, though, I, I have to ask, what are you guys? Who are you guys' favorite character in this game? Oh no, I'm sorry, I I I got ahead of myself. I meant to say, what was your favorite slash funniest moment? Uh, you should go first. Oh yeah. Um, basically, before you were in the fish, uh, Sahid says something about not being himself until he has his breakfast and has his morning shit. And I'm just sitting there aghast, kind of surprised that this lighthearted game went there. <laughs> uh, just kind of—it's just like, out of nowhere too. It's yeah. Hey, how'd you sleep? Kind of like good, good for you, Sahad. I TMI, buddy. <laughs> and what's funny is that is Lexia's response to this. It's like that's a little too much information. Yeah. <laughs> the the pair of them actually kind of like worked really well to to play off of one another. You know, Laxia kind of being like a little little stuck up, a little uptight, and Sahad being a little too laid back and a little too uh, you know like willing to tell you any of that kind of stuff. It well, worked I mean, well. Alexia was, you know, a noble's daughter, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it comes off very well that she is, you know, a little stuck up and prissy in the beginning of the whole adventure. Oh, yeah, completely, you know, compared to a dude who's been, you know, working with his hands, fishing all his life, that's polar opposites there from, you know, the living the life of luxury as a noble. I, always was... like, I, I really enjoyed the, 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 the three of them. They, they made kind of like a good party. Yeah. Yeah. That's who, I mean, it's pretty much who I used throughout the entire game, though I did like uh, playing as Hummel a lot. I really like playing as Ricotta because her, she, she's the one, only because of the fact her attacks were like the only ones that had like just consistent AOE all the time. Yeah, uh, I I guess that does feel into the next question of who your favorite character was. Um, Well, we still have people to respond to that. I thought everybody agreed the taking a shit moment. Yeah, that's, oh, well, that's pretty. Um, I would just say like Laxia and Otto's early interactions were pretty funny to me. Mm-hmm. Her, her slapping him, you know, yes. while she's taking a bath somewhere uh, in a river yep. on this deserted island with a clean white towel. Whatever happened to that clean white towel? And where the hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah, where did it come from? And where did it go? No one knows. You know, maybe it's in those boxes of supplies that they're always like, uh, and this was kind of a like, what the hell moment for me when you, you first set up the base and they're like, oh, by the way, we've got tons of boxes over here full of supplies. 
and your first mission is to like resupply they're like yeah people keep taking all the supplies because you got to trade them in you got to trade them out and like we're missing all people have been just going through this stuff and i'm like what people there's like four of us (laughs) (laughs) it was the shit producing that i they're introducing that gameplay element about the trading in, in the and i'm like who's trading it's just me it's just me it's it's the shoe but. bill. It was the shoe bill all along. Everyone's yeah. trading Loxia for clean white towels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hoarded them all off the ship. You just reminded me. Wasn't the shoe bill like technically the protector of the island? No, that was the gorilla. The shoe bill. Okay. The shoe bill was Ricotta's master. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I knew that I, he had an important role that was kind of like, really, this bird? But I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, no, the shoe bill was Ricotta's master in, in the in the arts of survival, I guess. I don't know, but they don't really fully explain it. But uh, And the fact that he you, you were supposed to fish and give him all the fish to eat. And there's like one comment where... Uh, and this is the one I find funniest is uh, you give him like one of these really big fish that you fished up. Like it's supposed to be huge and you feed it to him. It's like, yeah, you see his mouth like distort abnormally large to eat <laughs> this fish. And it's like, what the? And this is like a, a, a really huge fish. I forget which particular fish in the game it was, but it was like a very big one based on its description, and it's like bigger than the shoe bill even, and he just gulps it down in one eat, and it's like, what the heck? <laughs> Which, I don't know if you've ever seen a pelican eat, but that that's not that far off. No, no. Well, pelican eating is a little bit different, um, and yes, I have seen pelicans eat. Uh, I did grow up on the shore line several places, um, so but it's I've I've never seen a shoe bill eat, so I don't know if it's the same if they actually can do the same thing. I, I am but not. But you see sure. this tiny bird eating a fish like three times its size because it's a skinny ass bird. <laughs> well, maybe it's got a, a void in its stomach or something where it goes kind of like a fork and uh, I don't I don't know I'm not a bird expert. There was one other moment, and like I said, I'm only about five hours into the game, but it was one that uh the first time that you go out and you don't spend the night, like you make your own little camp, you're not back at the base camp spending the night um because you're so far away, and they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't return there tonight. Let's just make camp here. Um, they're all talking around the campfire, having some serious conversations, and then they're all done, and, um, Lassie is like, okay, so, Sahad, you're gonna go sleep over by the front of the cave, whatever, Adol, you'll be in the middle, and I'm gonna go sleep way over there, and then she thinks about it, and she's like, oh, God, that would mean I'm downwind from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> and it just circled around, and I was thinking, like, oh, man, there we go, back to the shit conversation from a few hours before. <laughs> Well, it, and, it is established that Sahad does not bathe frequently. So. <laughs> I, I, I guess girls don't fart in this game. <laughs> That's what I got from that. There you go. <laughs> no, girls don't stink. Yeah, yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's only a lie. Uh, so sorry, I, I keep wanting to jump at this question and just getting uh forgetting stuff so now i can ask did you guys have a favorite character cast away uh definitely loxia loxia yeah i really she's, like loxia yeah yeah and especially in combat too just she's super fast stabby stabby <laughs> a lot of fun 
As far as like funny, lighthearted characters, I like Sahad the best. But as far as combat, I liked uh, Hummel the best. Yeah, Hummel um, was pretty fun, for sure. And, and I like the I like his character design and the fact that he's kind of a badass. I like everyone. Can I just say that? <laughs> they're all yeah. I mean, they're really in the main cast. It really wasn't a bad character. I mean, even the. Uh, little wild kid wasn't as annoying as she could have been then. Like other no, characters. that's definitely an archetype that can be really annoying. And I think just in, in, both in and out of combat, she was actually fine. I I I really liked Ricotta. Actually, Hummel's the one character I just could not use. Like I didn't mind him as a character. I just could not use him in combat because the way his his gun worked just did not mesh well with me. Um, mm. So if I need piercing, I use Laxia. Um, but my my person, so I, uh, there's actually a f- so I I love Donna. I feel I felt Donna got done dirty. Kind of because, because of uh, her her character, her chapters being separate and more. No, because based. of the way the game ended. Oh. Oh yeah. I did yeah. not want. I mean, I I mean, yeah, she's the goddess of evolution now. Great, awesome. She killed herself, and that if you get that true ending screen. I was fucking bawling at my computer for that. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I I still I have very strong emotions about this still, and it's been a year. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here crying, not just like oh you know this is sad. No, I was like crying, sad, upset, sad, and it just because I did not know. No. Yeah. Oh, her story is rough. Mm-hmm. It's rough. That, I mean, I get sounds... why. I get why it is. I get why she did everything because that was her nature of a character. But I loved her as a character. She is number one waifu material, and no one can debate me on that. No, she's she's pretty. No, cool. she has she has a cool design. I'll give you that. You, you had the same reaction that I had to Aaron's fate at the end of Final Fantasy X. Because I, I didn't care about him. I I <laughs> thought that oh. I, I thought that my mom was going to walk in and think that one of the pets died. That's how bad I was crying. <laughs> and I was down for like three days. because. See, see, the thing is, they hinted at it enough during the game beforehand that I wasn't too sad by that because of the fact that it was already well foreshadowed this would be what happened. No, this came out of nowhere from right. what they did. And it just uh, like... Yeah, I mean, unfortunately when it comes to time-lost characters like that in games like this, that's usually their fate. Yeah, it does not usually end well (laughs) (laughs) i mean shit early game spoilers for fire emblem engage but yeah i didn't think the mom was gonna uh make it to retirement well i mean i didn't think ike's dad was going to make it to retirement either (laughs) (laughs) spoilers for fire emblem radiant (laughs) i i guess the rule of rpgs is don't get too attached to certain people Always a good idea. Be, be they goddesses or girls out of time or all right, well, you uh, get a, you Dragon get, Quest Seven. Get attached to Otto. It's fine. You <laughs> <laughs> see, he seems to be in a couple of these games, doesn't he? Yeah. One of, of the one of the few protagonists that's in a bunch of different JRPGs that actually doesn't happen a lot. No. Uh, I, I was I enjoy the fact that he's not that silent protagonist. I mean, I know he doesn't have the lion's voice, but at least, like, you, you see him, like, moving his mouth uh, when you pick, in, like, things to say. In mm-hmm. nine, he's voiced. Oh, is he? Okay. A little bit. Mostly I'm over the yeah. absolutely silent. I mean, That's I know I'm a Dragon it. Quest fan, but I'm kind of over that just overly silent. Like, why? He's there. They're going to say something. <laughs> um, like, per- take me out of the fantasy. It doesn't have to be me. 
or, or they could do, or or they could do um, what they did with uh, Tales of Zillia, where it was a um, the reason oh, they they did that was because it was a huge plot spoiler. I was about to say, Matt, you might not want to ever play Tales of Zillia too, because you're gonna get very annoyed <laughs> very quickly. That would require me to play a Tales game first. Uh, I, I could recommend. I will at some point. Where to start? Tales of the Abyss. Um, actually, that that is actually what I had planned to. Uh, I've got that on the 3DS, ready to go one day. That is one of the better ones. Good, so. very good performance by uh, Yuri Lowenthal. Well, Johnny Johnny Young Bosch did a good job as Yuri Lowell. <laughs> Unfortunately, they replaced. They didn't hire him back to do you, the seek, the remake. You mean Troy Baker? No, it was Johnny. Young, no, Young it was Bosch. Troy. It was Troy Baker. No, yeah. I looked, I actually looked this up recently because I had to. I was like, "Who did they change his voice actor to?" And I have it on. Oh, screen. who did they change it to? Oh. The, the original voice actor was Johnny Young Bosch. Okay, but for, for Yuri original... Lull. For Yuri Lull, it was actually Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, don't think so. I I had to look this up. He and he went on record stating, "I was not even aware they were redoing this. They did not reach out to me at all in regards to having me revoice the character." So it was indeed Johnny Von Bosch. Yeah. I am pulling it up on beyond on, uh, behind the voice actors right now because I could I want to bet money that it's Troy Baker. Yeah, it's Troy Baker. I it was just, maybe I misread it. I apologize. Yeah. Johnny Von Bosch is in Tales of the Abyss though, as uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Guy, I think he's one of the main characters. Yeah, Guy. Tales of the Abyss. Okay, the game I'm... has a ridiculously good voice cast. Yeah, well, I mean, Tales of Vesparia had a good voice cast, too. Yeah. And they managed to hire everyone back for um, the remaster, but they didn't even reach out to Troy Baker to redo Yuri Lowell. Yeah, it's just lame. Yeah, and, and the thing that pisses me off even more is that, okay, if they wanted to recast him, fine. Why didn't they recast him with Matt Mercer, who sounds just like Troy Baker? Well, no, here's the other problem is they recasted him with someone who sounds a very little bit like him, but doesn't quite come off as him, and so the switch it's, back and forth is terrible. It's very off-putting. Yeah, it's very I, off-putting. I mean, my God, get a sound alike or get something, someone that's going to try to sound alike. And I want that pixel adol that somebody just put in chat. Oh, that's me. Yeah, I um, Falcom have done these little keychain ones uh, for the Trail series because obviously they're not pixel art. But I found some. A couple years ago for Kevin and all, all the main people from uh, the Trails of Games and made a couple of them. So I was like, ooh, I wonder if they did these for the uh, Ease 8. So, sure, or Ease in general. The, the nice thing about it being pixel art is that you could easily parlor that. That's what I'll be doing. <laughs> for, those, I, for those new to the... Uh, to the uh, Backtrack. Uh, Matt Mason is a very big fan of making perlers, and they usually come out really, really awesome. Yeah, the the Zenithian, or not the Zenithian, the uh, shield, Erdrick shield from Dragon Quest 1 through 3 came out really good the other day. That was the biggest one I ever attempted. It filled the entire big board. It's like 12 inches by 9 inches or something. Can't wait to get that hanging up on my Dragon Quest wall. I need to get back into purling at some point. Part of the problem is that I kind of ran out of my favorite characters I wanted to make. 
Um, yeah, that happens after a while. <laughs> You're like, okay, that's pretty good. But, um, but back to the podcast itself. So did we go through all of our favorite characters? I think we did. Yeah, I, I, it's a little too early for me to tell, but I. Right. so far I like everybody. It, it's They're great. The whole party. I've only got the three party members, but so you might not I'm be able to an- you might not be able to answer this one yet either. Do you have a favorite area in the game? <laughs> well, I'm one for one. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it's been so long since I've played it. I was having trouble like r- having them like stick out of my mind. I still remember the pirate ship because I just kind of came out of left field, and I still remember that after all these years. Yeah, I pick that one too, just because I'm always down for a pirate ship level, and I thought this one looked pretty cool. Uh, um, my personal f- favorite zone—it's one of the early beach ones. In fact, uh, Platy may still be there, but I just remember it because it's like the one music track that I heard that like stuck with. Because I'm not very good with music. I I love music, and I have and I can tell like tones and whatnot but i'm not necessarily going to remember music off the top of my head but the the one beach song which i think is off to the east of the camp man that that track was just so good and i loved spending time out there no matter what because of Hmm. that one song (laughs) it's unfortunate i retired the favorite song question because i realized especially if a game's on a portable console that not many of us are going to have an answer i should have brought that back that one back for this because it is an ease game i would have had to look up what it was what it oh i would have i would have had to look up what it was too because it's been a while but i mean it's a falcom game the music is going to be great yeah it's not Mm -hmm. very easy to pick one yeah i'll see myself out now (laughs) uh so Josh and I were the pirate ship. Robert was the beach area. Matt's not far. To be determined. <laughs> to be determined. What about you, Wheels? Uh, just the boss music. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I was asking about the area, but I, I still agree with the Oh, boss music. Uh, the pirate ship is great. <laughs> I, I will also... I will also say the big hole was a, was a really good yeah. zone, too. Uh, that And just going up the mountains was really cool. See, you would think that with it being a desert island, that there wouldn't be a lot of interesting deserted. locales. But deserted island. Um, <laughs> that there wouldn't be a lot of interesting locales, but they did a good job of giving you a variety of places to go to. No, they really did. Uh, I, uh-huh. I do remember which which area was my least favorite, though, for sure. Uh, it was the one dungeon where you had to... Uh, um, it had multiple levels, and you had to climb up and down the vines, and there were those tree-like monsters oh. that would throw oh. stuff at you. Yeah. Uh. I hated that, too. And like I said, that dungeon with the huge stacks of cubes that I had to navigate Donna through that just, I got so lost. Now, that was her custom dungeon, wasn't it? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I just know that I... I want to run and scream when I see a pile of cubes. That's that's how lost I got. Yeah, that's. I think that's her custom dungeon. I actually did fairly okay in that in figuring out most of those puzzles, but there was one where I couldn't get all the chests because I just couldn't figure out the right combination to do the certain steps to get to it. Mm-hmm. So then, fi- finally, I always like to ask: Do you guys have any memories associated with this game? with what you were doing in your life or anything like that seems like just yesterday (laughs) (laughs) maybe today (laughs) one of the few one of the few nice things about playing things recently (laughs) 
Um, I I actually for a long time had no interest in the East series um, until uh, I was actually watching Paul's stream it uh, on our channel, and uh, that was oh, I was like, okay, well, nine's not out. Apparently, eight plays similar to nine, so I'll give eight a try, and I do not regret playing eight. I I really enjoyed eight. I may be pissed off about the the way they cause it to end, not you know, for the true ending. Not saying the true ending is not worth it. Not saying that the ending is not satisfying. It's just not an. It's it did my favorite character dirty. Yeah, I I can see that. I I would have been upset at something like that too. Um, see Final Fantasy ten. Um, J- Josh, do you have me- memories associated? Yeah, yeah. Like you, like you were writing. We were talking about before. You know, all the definitely remember all the hullabaloo about the localization. I think this was still one of the last games I remember um, trading thoughts with Mac about. I think he was playing it on Vita and I was playing it on PS4 and I remember like going back and forth with him about the differences between the games. It was, eh, we, we, we always bonded over Falcom games as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I put down for my memory was uh, the constant um, big hole jokes on RPG cast. <laughs> For for weeks, months. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, in between that time when the Switch version and the PC version released, when they was when I had to do update stories, it's like, are you guys ready for big hole? <laughs> no, they fixed the big hole. You know that that kind of stuff. Because I mean, we're twelve. Let's let's face it. <laughs> but I can't help it. It's funny. <laughs> um, they walked jokes. into it. They, they gave us a big funny. hole. Um, other than that, my only other major memory was learning that um, Nisa's store doesn't have a cancel button for orders when I had to cancel the Vita version. I had to email them, which I just felt kind of embarrassing because it's like, yeah, I need to cancel my thing. And you know, you're worried that they're going to try to like talk you back into it like cable. <laughs> uh, they will not. No, <laughs> no. But, uh, but I, uh, fun fact, they still do not have a cancel button. Um. That's annoying. I, I hate to say it, but you would think that would be illegal on a e-site. We, uh, we live in America, Kelly. We don't have laws here. We don't have rules. Uh, stuff. I know. I know. Um, Wheels, did you say your memory? Uh, I don't really have anything specific, but I kind of just went through like a Falcom lull um, at some point, And finally playing through this on the Switch was kind of like... Something to pull me back in, not because I wasn't necessarily having fun with any Falcon games, but just because uh, I got buried under a pile of Falcon games. Uh, so yeah, it was nice to finally finish this one on Switch and get back and get back into the Falcom groove. So yeah, I'll always kind of remember it for that. Ease is a good series for that because it's they're they're an interesting series because like there are continuing little threads if you want to you can pick up on um and and it's there for the series fans you know like there's this lore and timeline of adol and his adventures but you you don't need to know anything about that you can jump into absolutely any ease game and play it and it you know just really enjoy the experience well i mean you may miss some of the more subtle hints to other bits like um you know the ending of of nine has some throwback to many of adults previous adventures oh yeah but you don't need to have played any of that any of the earlier ones to enjoy 
it's not as like uh, narrative heavy as like the Legend of Heroes games are. Yeah, I always mm-hmm. liken them to the Marvel movies where people think that you have to watch all of them. You you really you don't. don't. You can watch the ones you want, and all you're going to miss is some end jokes. Um, with exceptions, of course, like with Infinity War and Endgame, because those are direct sequels to one another. And yeah, if you play Cold Steel 2 before Cold Steel 1, you're going to be lost, because Cold Steel 1 ends on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Ease, yeah, you can jump jump into pretty much any of them. Though The only two that I think are actually directly connected are 1 and 2, and that's why they're yeah. always bundled. Yeah. yeah, you literally, I think, cannot buy them separate anymore. <laughs> Unless you buy the TurboGrafx-16 one, I think. No, that that one is also one and two. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that is one and two bundled. I could have. I I thought that uh, originally they were separate at some point. They were. That, wow. that, that would have been yeah. way back at the original way ones. The like day, the, yeah, the, yeah the, PC Engine. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, I, I believe that is the end of our show, unless anybody had anything else they wanted to add. Um, play, play more, more ease. ease. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we said wow. it at the same time. Play more <laughs> ease. Um, if, if you're craving a fun action RPG that just remains fun throughout the entirety of the game, and if you like exploring and you like crafting stuff, and maybe you might not like defending your base, but that that stuff kind of isn't as bad. Um, you can't go wrong with this game, and now you can get it on PS5. I was p- pausing to see if anybody had anything else to add. Oh, I'm I was <laughs> sorry, trying to look it up. Add, so no, it's good on any of the platforms it's available for. The Switch version is fine. Even the Vita version is totally serviceable. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, well worth it. Yeah, and uh, it, honestly, it's a perfectly fine entry point to the whole series too. Kind of gives mm-hmm. you the gist of what these games are all about, um, and yeah, I guess gives you a great jumping off point to go to nine, go back to seven. Um, you know, even going back to like Oath and Fulgana, I think you'd still be fine after playing this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Oath, Oath and Fulgana plays a lot more like a Metroidvania. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's Steam Deck compatible. Ease eight is it's, okay. Yeah. I think yeah, I think most of them, if not compatible, are probably easy to get to work on Steam Deck. <laughs> hey, if if you guys have about four hundred and fifty dollars to spend, you could buy the entire Nihon Falcom bundle on Steam. Um, I looked at the bundle. It is not everything. <sighs> it is yes. just spe- it is just specifically the stuff that uh, NIS has released. Okay. Oh. So is that like a million like Cold Steel DLC packs or something it, um, as well? It's it's East Nine Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero, uh, Cold Steel Four, uh, the Weird Fighter Boundless Trail, the Legend of Nayuta Boundless Trails One, uh, Cold Steel Three. Well, some of those aren't even out yet. <laughs> no, all these are out. No. 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 Trails not Zero. Found. No. Nayuta's not out yet. Yeah. That's later this year. Um, oh yeah. Okay, well... They'll let you pre-order. Because yeah. I, I was just about to ask you, Josh, you had played the PSP version of Dayuta, didn't you? And it is all the it is all the DLC for Cold Steel 3, 4, and the DLC for Lacrimosa Madonna as well. And Monstrum Nox. That's a lot of stuff. 
it's still me, a lot, but I mean, it is still like four full, four, you know, four or five full games, depending on if you own them or not. I'm looking at the screenshots for uh, Boundless Legend of Nayuta, Boundless Trails, and it looks like uh, it's going to be a Trails game with the Ease Combat Engine. Yeah, that's that's what that is. <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's a little bit more like Zvi because it's it's you actually like alternate between two characters. One has the magic and one has the uh, the melee attacks. So it feels a lot like a Zvi game. Right. Okay, that's pretty cool. But nobody and, played Zvi, so no. it's probably the closer <laughs> no. yeah. closer analogy that someone might might have maybe have some knowledge of. Um, though, funnily enough, this version of Nayuta that you can buy right now on Steam, it's just a Japanese version because there's a big old disclaimer that says English language not supported. Correct. Um, but we're getting it for the other systems, so... It's coming to Steam too. It's just later this year. Yeah, the, the English uh, version of it. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up Zwei because that's kind of a light ease game that I I cannot recommend enough because I had a I had a bunch of fun playing that on my laptop way back uh, when. Uh, so speaking of uh, Sah- Sahed Sahad and his uh, habits, it's one of the screenshots shared on the uh, Steam page is uh, one of him being like, sure feels great letting one rip out here in the wilderness. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to sleep downwind. Never change. Never change. Well, we are going to change this and change into our PJs and head off. Though I think Wheels has Q&A quests, so... Uh, no, no PJs yet, but you could wear them, and David probably wouldn't notice, would he? No, because he streams. Right, right. <laughs> so everyone uh, would notice. <laughs> um, that, that being said, our our next backtrack is going to be one that I've been dying to do for a while. Um, theater rhythm. Woohoo! Dragon Quest theater rhythm. Uh, fi- Final Fantasy too. I. B- <laughs> <laughs> I- I believe you're the only one that's played Dragon Quest Theater Rhythm, but I have it I, on my... I believe I am. Um, you said that there wasn't that much of a language barrier there, so I'm probably going to boot it up between that it, one. It, then. It, I was actually in a discussion two days ago with someone about that on a DQ translation thing. They're like, yeah, there's really no huge need for someone to go in there and translate that. I mean, you pick the song you play. There's a whole board game thing I'll talk about that it'd be lovely to know, but even that's not a big deal. Uh, and you should do those games by heart because they're in every freaking Dragon Quest game. Right? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I can't not make fun of the Dragon Quest music. <laughs> I I love it. I just find it funny that they've always used the same music every time, except for when they did uh Dragon Quest. Uh, what was the one you swung your Dragon Quest swords. swords? Yeah, swords. They actually got a different composer in. Really. Well, now yes, that, they did. Well, huh. now they have to get a different composer. Oh, not if they just you keep using the same old ones forever. <laughs> don't say they don't have to, because by golly, they probably will. I believe okay. he... The other way. <laughs> I believe he had pointed out a successor that was like an apprentice of his that, they, that they're going to go with. Now, this was from a video a long time ago, so don't quote me on that. Um, but if if they're going to change up the music, by God, 12 would be the perfect opportunity. Oh, apparently that's all long since recorded. You know, uh. two new tracks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least there's new tracks. Well, you know, maybe. So um, we'll, we'll get into that when we get into theater rhythm, because I'm sure there's going to be interesting stories behind that game as well as uh, the- theater rhythm. Um, 
I, I know that that was a game that I could not put down and just bringing it up just put the man with the machine gun in my head. So there, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, thank, thank you, dear listeners, for t- tuning in. Th- thank you, Josh and Robert and Wheels for being our, our lovely guests. You're always Great, awesome. I've got man with the machine gun stuck in my head. <laughs> hey, it could be worse. It could be sippy cup. <laughs> Oh, I I shared a few different versions of that this week to people. You're a danger to society, Kelly. Man, when I get messages on Discord saying I'm so mad at you guys, I'm singing sippy cup, and I have no idea why. I I've, I felt like I've done good in the world. Um, anyway, I, I think it's time to depart. Oh, and of course, thank you to Matt for who I could not do this show without. Uh, you, you wrangle them up, you get it planned, and I'll knock it out the next day. <laughs> LD editing. <laughs> it's an efficient little system, but by God, it works. So um, we'll, we'll catch you next time for Theater Rhythm. Have, have an excellent rest of your week, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.